Earlier today, we had another uh, wonderful, um, what would it be? Another episode of the <laughs> East Bay Healing Center. It was awesome. And Dr. Susan specifically today taught us about how to pray, what the body needs to pray to heal from cancer. If you missed that and you or a loved one needs that information, um, it was Facebook Live on her uh, Facebook page, also on our East Bay Healing Prayer page. Um, and we'll have videos out soon, too. So there's ways you can get that information. Tonight, though, uh, Dr. Susan's going to share testimonies and do a lot of healing prayer later. So get ready. And um, we just love Dr. Susan so much. Her spirit, she's gentle. This is a super, super safe person, someone you can open your heart up to. Totally in love with Jesus. We love you. Come on up, Dr. Susan. Let's welcome her. I want to first of all say hello. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's just wonderful to be here. I have to, I have to say that I love coming out here. It's always a joy to be here with Blazing Fire with Pastor Brent and Pastor Suzanne and Pastor Susan and Pastor Russ and everyone who's on the wonderful team here. It's just such a, such a joy. And I really had a wonderful time doing the training. I'm out here every few months or so doing these trainings, and it's, it's really something I enjoy doing because the Lord really wants to see everyone be healed, no exception. <laughs> there is nothing that God can't heal. That's what I've seen in, in doing the work that I do. So, again, I want to welcome all of you, and I'm wondering how many of you have already been to one of our ministry events, whether it's been training or um, a healing event, and how many of you are completely new? So I know, um, put your hands up if you're genuinely new. So there are some new people. Um, I want to spend most of the night doing the testimonies and sharing a little bit about our ministry and a lot of prayer, because healing is really the most beautiful thing that, that we can experience through the Lord, his love and his healing for us. So I will spend just a little time, um, since there are some new people on background, but I'm going to keep it very short tonight because we really want to focus on the prayer and the testimonies. So for those of you that are new and have never been to any of our um, healing services or training, um, just to give you a little bit of background, um, I'm a medical doctor, but I'm also an ordained minister. So for those of you that are new, it's, it's an unusual background. Usually, of course, you don't see the two together in one person. You go to your doctor <laughs> at Kaiser or Stanford or wherever, and you go to your church, but usually the two aren't kind of put together in the same person. And um, I did start out just for background as a doctor. So I didn't go through ministry and then medicine. I went through medicine and then ministry. Um, I'm located not in this area. I'm in the Mid-Peninsula. So I'm in the Palo Alto area, and that's where I had my medical practice and, and loved it. It was just wonderful to do that work with people, particularly because it was a kingdom-based practice. And it was very loving and sharing. And I, I never get tired of saying that I don't think I, hardly, I ever got turned down from a hug. Every patient would get a hug <laughs> and, and a lot of 
like a lot of connection and relationship. So it was wonderful work, and it really satisfied my heart, as well as the technical part of medicine, which we really have to be good at. You cannot stay in the field if you don't know technically how to work. So the combining of the two was really special for me. Um, the, the other main thing that I did, um, again, this is just for the new people, because those of you that are, have been with me know this, but I did a lot of medical teaching and education. So during that time, I was on the clinical faculty, the teaching faculty at Stanford in the medical school, and um, was also teaching at Kaiser and, you know, Cal and different hospitals. So I had a lot of teaching work that I was doing, and I enjoyed the teaching quite a bit. But currently, I do no teaching at all that's medical. I do nothing at Stanford that's on the medical side. But what I do at Stanford is I'm a minister there now. I do Christian ministry. So I've moved from the medical part of the school to the main campus. And I have to say, I love doing that work. The reason that I was asked to be on um, the the Christian ministry there is because I had a few friends who are part of the ministry team at Stanford, and they came to the hospital with me, and they saw miracles. They saw dead people come alive and, you know, blind people see and all kinds of things. And they said, we really need this at Stanford because we don't have anything like this. It's a very worldly kind of a school in terms of the, you know, what you think of as the main campus with their you know, computer centers and their engineering teams and their law school and all that. So this is my second year there doing ministry, and I I love doing it because it's my heart. Again, it's more my heart than my brain. My brain gets involved because I'm praying for, you know, six students and stuff, but the heart part is really what's the most precious. So about six and a half years ago was when the Lord spoke to me, realizing that I was really missing and wanting yearning for what is in the scriptures in terms of Jesus healing the sick and all of his miracles. It didn't matter if it was multiplying food or walking on water or just healing, healing, healing with such love, cherishing children. It was just beautiful. And as a doctor, I had wonderful experiences, but I didn't see those kinds of miracles. What happened after I became ordained was that's when the Lord opened those doors for me. And where I had seen really good um, outcomes as a doctor, the miracle healings came after I was ordained. And I had a very unique experience, which was um, a lot of hospitals all of a sudden opened to me with the sickest patients, the ICU patients. I was in every kind of ICU you can imagine, cardiac, medical, trauma, rehab, it didn't matter. But I was praying for the sickest of the sick people, burn units. I mean, it's just incredible. And I was going up to three times a week with the Lord really um, guiding me. It was like I was a student again in school because he was showing me that all of these things could be healed. So right here in the Bay Area, it didn't matter if I was down in San Jose or I was up at the Veterans Hospital in San Francisco, wherever I was, at children's hospitals. He was showing me people who were dead coming back to life, right Right here, it wasn't like I had to go off to Brazil or Africa or something. It's just right here in the Bay Area, um, which was a really cool experience. Um, I saw many, many army of quadriplegics heal. And again, they were people who were mostly in um, car crashes. They broke their neck, um, diving accidents, motorcycle accidents, falling off buildings. I think the worst case I saw was a man who fell off a seven-story building and survived which was pretty amazing, (laughs) definitely God. 
Um, people with, with tumors, you know, cervical spine cancers, things that would cause them to be, you know, without feeling or motor function below the neck and shoulders, um, some very serious inflammatory conditions. A lot of accidents, though, it was incredible. And, and what was amazing was they would be told that they were never going to breathe, never be out of the wheelchair, likely never breathe again on their own. And, and they started out very depressed, some of the people. And it was always the same, just like with my medical practice, God wanted me to give love. Love and relationship, number one, and then prayer, number two. And I would just see patient after patient going from this with the big frown to the big smile and ending up walking, jogging. I have pictures of a teenager who was who's mountain climbing, who had been a quad from a bike accident. Um, I have pictures of a man who had a Christopher Reeves-like accident. He should have been in a wheelchair forever. Um, I have a picture of him standing in front of his wheelchair walking with his brother. He's still in the hospital. He had never left. That's how God was moving these people. So it was an incredible um, experience for me. I was still um, involved in the medical field. And then, um, again, to take this really quickly, um, God has continued to develop what we're doing into a ministry, which I had no clue would ever happen. Zero. I just thought I was supposed to go to the hospital and hug a lot of people <laughs> and pray for them. And, and it didn't matter what religion they were. I saw him heal lots of Christians, but Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, people who were Jewish, people who were complete atheists, he would heal them of these impossible things, and they would fall in love with him. And that was the most precious thing of all. They never, ever would, would be untouched or unmoved by the beautiful things that the Lord was doing and they would absolutely have their life changed and shifted. Um, a couple years ago, um, we started a Facebook page. Um, I started with 10 people. I had to beg to get 10 people. <laughs> it was a real job. And it was a medical page. And for a few months, I did it, and it was a total failure. It went nowhere. And I was just doing a lot of medical tips. And then God spoke to me, and he said, Susan, this is not supposed to be a medical page. <laughs> he said, it's not your page, it's my page. And then I completely dedicated the page to the Lord. So we went from about 15 people up to 1,200,000 people, all from God. We were getting hundreds of people an hour instead of like one person a month. <laughs> it was hundreds of people an hour. So it's a very... Um, uh, it's, it's a very nice page because it's totally his page now. I learned that it wasn't a medical page. And so we, we have as many as a million and a half people a year asking for prayer from all over the world, a lot from our country. And he taught me again, relationship, love is everything. You've got to do that. So um, people would come to the page, you know, really concerned about their physical issues, you know, and their loved ones' issues, cancers and, you know, um, whatever, um, Crohn's disease, Alzheimer's, but also their life. And again, it just keeps showing how important God regards our whole self. Like, we're not just a low back pain or a, or a liver cancer to the Lord. We're a precious, loved son and daughter, whether you're um, a little tiny baby or your 100-year-old person, every one of us is so precious to him. And he wants our whole lives healed. 
And I learned with that page, like with the ICU patients, that I had to really focus on that. And really the last thing, um, before I get into a few things now, that, that were happening with, with us is that we finally became a ministry this last year, about a year and four months ago or so. Um, a bunch of medical doctors got together. There, we had 14 medical doctors and a few nurses and, and um, a couple other people from the health care field, and we started to train people who were not doctors how to do medical-level healing. And um, the doctors were really excited to be involved with this. One of, um, one of my great friends, who's not here tonight because she's a doctor working in, in Alameda, Dr. Malou Cipriano, wonderful doctor. She's an emergency room medicine doctor. Um, we had two oncologists from Stanford, cancer specialists, a research oncologist, and an oncologist who is training um, interns as part of our teaching program. We had an endocrinologist from Boise, Idaho, who drove in. Um, we had a doctor from Reading. I don't know how many of you have been to Bethel Church. But we had an orthopedic surgeon, pediatrician, who came down. So we had a great time. And we did the teaching for about five months. And our, when our star pupil is sitting right here, Dr. Linda Lara, she and her husband, Sonny, they have four churches in the, down in San Jose and in surrounding areas. Just wonderful people. I'm here with some of my favorite people, Brent and Suzanne and Linda. It's really a treat tonight. And, um, and then we're teaching how to pray and see miracles. And that kind of takes us up to the last few months. Now, this is where I do want to share a little bit because it gets kind of special. Um, I've never really been clear on the fact that the God is really wanting to develop our, us into a ministry and then to have us work so much with the churches because it's really his plan, not mine by any stretch of the imagination, to combine medicine and spirit. It's a really big move of the Lord right now. And so currently, um, we're very busy with that. Just the month of April, I have 24 um, events. That's a lot of events. These are uh, ministry events and training events, um, I'm not even counting like what I do at Stanford for ministry there because it's not public. So we have tons and tons of ministry we're doing. And, um, and also, for the first time, we're reaching out onto live stream, which I have no experience with. We started this a little over a month ago. Have any of you all worked with live stream? Probably more of you have done it than I've done it. Any hands? <laughs> few hands. So um, the first time we did it, we were at a church in Fremont. And we were in the sanctuary. We, we started to live stream. And we had 35,000 people come on our live stream. I was really surprised. Now, it's a little over a month, and right now we're getting over 350,000 people. That's a lot of people. Tonight, um, we already have over 300,000 people on live stream. That's a lot of people, and they're coming from all over the country, and they're coming because they are not healing. They're coming because they have mental, emotional, physical illness. They are totally frustrated. They're not healing, and we're doing medical training and teaching and prayers for them. We're getting thousands and thousands of emails from people all over the country, You know, I think other countries as well. And the way the Lord is growing it is so fast, I've never seen anything like it. And it just shows me how much he's valuing the healing where he's combining 
Number one, the love. Like what else is there in God that's more important than love? It's one of the reasons I love Pastor Brent and Pastor Suzanne so much because they are pure love. They are just total heart of God. And it's always a joy to, to be around them because you can feel the love that they have for others. And the whole church is that way. I think Blazing Fire is an exceptionally loving, caring church. So it's a beautiful church to experience. Um, so love, number one, God wants us to have faith and trust in him. But now he wants us to show off his handiwork, and he's now bringing in knowledge and wisdom, and that's where the medical part's coming in. We're a little missing piece that just hasn't been highlighted. So um, so that's what's going on. We're doing a ton of, of um, healing services, trainings, like the beautiful opportunity I have to, to work with Blazing Fire to do training. And um, also, he's changing some things because um, instead of doing the training ourselves, we really welcome going out into the churches like we're doing with, with you all here in the, this part of the, the Bay Area. It's, it's precious, and it's a joy for me to leave Palo Alto or Sunnyvale and come out here and be with people that I've never had a chance to meet before and see how beautiful your hearts all are and how much you all care about the Lord and, and the healings and wanting to see you know, more and more, which we all want to see. And we're also, um, through God, doing um, another kind of training, which is to train people how to best heal themselves from the medical side. Now, it's not conventional medicine. Um, Dr. Malou, myself, or, and the rest of us, we're all trained as conventional doctors. So what does that mean? It means medication, prescription drugs, over-the-counters, biopsies, um, office surgery. This is all stuff that I've done as a doctor, you know, more in-depth surgery, um, you know, chemo, radiation, you name it. But... Um, but what we're doing now from the medical side is more what, what we call um, natural healing, alternative medicine, which I love doing as well. I mean, the, the traditional medicine is amazing, it's fascinating, but it's so valuable to train people in how to be healthy, how to not have to be on so many drugs. The drugs don't work. I really feel... Sad to say this to you guys, here I'm a doctor, but they, they're not very good a lot of the time. And so as doctors, we're constantly having patients come back frustrated because the drugs are no good, <laughs> or they're somewhat good, but they're not what they should be. And doctors will never guarantee you healing. You're, you're never going to be a cancer patient going to a doctor, and they're going to stick their foot out and say, you're never going to get cancer again. We don't do that with patients because we can't guarantee that. And we can't guarantee it because our, our therapies aren't as powerful as what God does. Like, you know, we do see sometimes people where cancer never does come back. But it's very common to see people going into... I was giving today when I was teaching the example of a woman I prayed for who started out with Hodgkin's disease. Then she has babies, and all of a, that's a cancer, of course. And then she has breast cancer. That goes away for a year or two, and now we've got metastatic disease with lung and liver and all kinds of stuff. So this is her third bout with cancer, and she's barely 40, and she's already on her third bout of cancer and infectious disease and depression. And with the Lord, all these things, depression went away, infectious disease vanished, 
and the cancer just shriveled up. So this is what God does. And we don't, we don't do this with our therapies. Now, I'm not saying, of course, don't see doctors, because a lot of things we do are at least somewhat helpful, and they're, and they're useful. They're absolutely useful. But we need more. When you add God in the equation, you've got an unbeatable equation. You have doctors who genuinely care and do their very best with what they've got, and then the Lord steps in, and then as much as we can train people for how to live healthy lives, you've got a great um, healing equation there. So that's what we're doing, and we're all over the Bay Area starting to do that. I did want to share a couple of events we have coming up in May. Some of you might be interested in it. I don't know. But on May 11th, we're going to be doing a special event for children. And it could be um, a baby that's in conception process. It could be a baby that's already born. And it could be any age. When we say children, we, we mean a little baby. It could be a 5 or 10-year-old, a teen. It could be someone in their 20s. It could be someone in their 30s. You know, wherever you think your cutoff is, <laughs> is your cutoff. And if there's generational curses, we're happy to pray for the family. So we're going to do that May 11th, and if people are really liking this, we'll just do this every month even. We always get kids at these events. Um, We were just at an event, um, all of us actually, in San Jose, and there were 12 people that drove up from Los Angeles. And one was a family who had a child with autism that needed attention, and they had never had any anything work for that child. They really needed the kind of work that that we do up here. And then there was another local family from here where the child had cerebral palsy. The child had just been adopted a few months ago and was really seriously impaired with a cerebral palsy. So this is pretty typical of our ministry. You know, we might get a child with leukemia. We might get an asthmatic or an allergic kid or a kid with eczema. So we want to hold... um, a session where anybody can bring any child that they want, including themselves, <laughs> if you think you're a kid. <laughs> Sometimes I think we all feel like we're kids. And, um, and then next week, I'm going to be at a church called Jubilee. Again, I don't know how many of you know Jubilee because it's in the South Bay, and here we are um, in Pleasanton. But it's a church in the San Francisco area. It's one of the big churches in the Bay Area. I've been there many times doing... Um, ministry. But what what I'm doing next week that they invited me to do is another specialty clinic, which is for women. Um, I'm going to be there next Wednesday to do a woman's um, ministry for for the church. And women and men, I have to say this is true of both genders, um, they have very special, of course, hormonal, chemical, emotional kind of issues and programming. So we're going to focus on the women and that's the 26th of April. That'll be, I think, Wednesday. And then at the beginning of May, I'm going to be in Sacramento, where there's a conglomerate of churches that want me to come and do a woman's conference for them. And then on the 28th, we'll be back here. And if any of you are interested in any women's health issues, whether it's hormonal or autoimmune or emotional, a lot of things that just affect women much more than than the guys. So the 28th, we'll be doing a special program for women. So I just wanted to mention them so you know they're happening, if it's something that you could, you or your loved ones could benefit from. And then I'm open to doing whatever specialty clinic people want. 
really, if any of you have suggestions, the guys have been getting on my case. <laughs> like, what about our event? And, um, and <laughs> you guys too, even. <laughs> it's funny. Um, <clears throat> and, but whatever it is, cancer, autoimmune diseases, neurological diseases, because we're coming from the medical field and we're also um, ordained, it's just a good place to be able to come if you have a frustrating issue that isn't getting better. And of course, we pray over all these things everywhere we go. I, I expect that tonight we'll be praying over all of these conditions. But if you want a special focus, that's what we do. Um, I, think, I think that's pretty much, pretty much it. I just want to say hello to the people on um, live stream. Because um, there's, as I say, we're already up to 300,000. Oh, we're up to 400,000 now? Wow, we're surpassing our... We were 360,000 on Thursday, so we're 400,000. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's, amen. <laughs> anyway, I want to say hi to all of you. <laughs> and we want to see you all be healed along with everybody in this beautiful church. We want to see everybody be healed. So I'm going to share a few testimonies, and we're going to go right into the slides really fast. Um, I, have a, I almost never, ever have a personal testimony, but I'll share a little tiny one. Um, did any of you know that I had had a fall a month ago? seemed like that really got around. I never even told anybody. <laughs> it's like, how did this get around? So I will tell you the story, because the part of my story is actually, I think, pretty funny. So the whole fall was not funny. It happened... I was really naughty, you know, I'm doing all this ministry, I'm, you know, it's no big deal for me to work a seven-day week at all, or, I mean, I should say six-day, but I have to say it's more like seven-day, and then I often stay up really late, so I had a fall, it was a little over a month ago, and um, the next day I had, a, I went in to get tested, you know, to see what, was there something wrong, so I went into the hospital, and they ran me through every test on the planet. I had um, scans and x-rays and, um, you know, IVs and blood tests. And after a day, it was pretty obvious that I was a waste of their time. So on the second day, they gently invited me to leave. And I thought it was really cool to be in the hospital because I'd only get to pray over people. I never get to lie there and have people <laughs> take care of me and <laughs> be really nice to me. So I, I, I refused. I thought, well, I'd like to be there a little bit longer. By the third day, it was all over. They basically kicked me out. And they said, there's no reason for you to be here. There's nothing wrong. They said, your tests are all completely normal. And um, that part I was really happy to hear, of course. And, and the doctor, you know, just said, you're gone. <laughs> and I was gone. <laughs> that was the end. So um, I was really happy that all my test scores were, there was nothing for them to do for me. And then, you know, I just started back uh, after a little bit just doing my regular ministry again, and that's what I'm doing. And when I have the time, I'll do my five to seven mile a day hikes. So I'm really happy to be able to share that, it was really nice to have an accident and have God do with me what I see him do for everybody else. So I couldn't, I couldn't complain <laughs> and say, God, you don't really love me. <laughs> you do love me. So anyway, that was really fun. And I just want to tell everybody that, that it's, it's really, after never really getting sick, it was really nice to have this, not nice to fall, but it's nice to be really healthy and not really have any follow-up or anything that anybody needs to do. So that's one, one little testimony. Um, I haven't really shared this with, with 
I think I shared it one other time a little bit. So anyway, you guys are my share people on this. And um, <laughs> what? And for, oh my goodness, you're right, 400,000. Okay, everybody. <laughs> well, you guys too, I'm really okay. <laughs> I feel great. So I want to share one other testimony with you, and then we'll go right into the slides. This is a very um, touching testimony. For those of, how many of you were here this afternoon? Bunch of you. Not every, but third or half. So I did share this with you guys this afternoon, but it's such a nice testimony that I just can't help but reshare it. So I ask for your patience. And for the at least half to two-thirds of people that didn't hear it, it's just a touching testimony in God's love and faithfulness. So we're doing so many healing events all over the whole area that two weeks ago um, I was in the North Bay, and then last week we were in um, Vallejo. Um, and it's a whole bunch of other places. So um, when I was in the North Bay, it was a lovely church, um, wonderful ministers, really kind people. And a woman came in who was in a wheelchair, but she was wearing a nightgown. So I didn't really know what was wrong with her, except she was really looking, you know, not, it was a not happy looking facial expression. So I went through, I did the service, and then at the end I invited up anybody with cancer to come up, and I had some cancer patients come up, and then I had people that were rejecting organs and kidney failure, needing, you know, new kidneys. It was just really dire health issues. And it turned out that the woman who was in the wheelchair was a cancer patient. I knew nothing about her, but I... I prayed into her as I did everyone, and then the emails started coming back. And I started getting emails from the pastors of the church, from her, from her best friends, and this is what I found out. Because, again, I had no medical history. She's a woman who has had cancer for 12 years, and it's it's a sarcomatous cancer, and it's completely incurable. I mean, technically, I would say it's probably worse than, like, pancreatic cancer or one of these other really bad cancers, because we can't do anything for it medically. I think it's amazing that she's survived as long, but she's been on a feeding tube for 12 years. She has not eaten in 12 years. Now, imagine what it's like to not eat for 12 years. She could barely breathe because she had um, constriction, bronchial constriction. She couldn't go to the bathroom, and she was in utter, total pain. I didn't really know all about these things until after I had done some very extensive cancer prayers over her and some other people. So what I found out then was about her illness, and in her own words, she said, now this I thought was pretty amazing, she said when Dr. Richards first prayed for me, she said she literally had to, felt like she had, she used the word vomit. She said, I felt like I had to vomit. I was, I felt like I was going to throw up. And then she said, and I had pain all through my digestive tract. She was super depressed. And she said, all these things were happening as they had for years. And then she said, all of a sudden, after that throw-up feeling, she said, everything stopped. And she said, by the next day, I was a completely different person. And I thought that was amazing. By the next morning. Now, she comes from... She comes from a medical family, so like my family, her, she comes from a doctor family. Um, so they took her back to the cancer specialist 
there's just, everything's just disappeared from God. And the interesting thing about the family is they're not believers. What I learned about the family is they're lovely people, but they're, but they're Old Testament, they're Jewish. And I don't think, maybe I'm wrong, but I never had a sense that they had ever been in a church before. Like, praying to Jesus would have been the last thing they would have ever done from their background. And then her best friend emails me, because there was a Passover dinner, and she said that the lady that I had prayed for ate every single thing in the house. She said there wasn't a thing she didn't eat. Like, everything went down. <laughs> and it was a whole house, of course, Passover. Everyone there was Jewish. And they, she said they spent the whole night talking about Jesus' miracles. A whole family of people that were not Christian. And then I got another email from her saying she wanted me to pray for her DNA. <laughs> so she came back this time, big smile, and on her way. And, and it was just a precious thing. So kind and loving of God. And loving her, he wasn't saying, you're not a believer. No, he loves her. He loves all of us. So it was a very precious healing for her after 12 years of an incurable, horrible cancer. And she was going nowhere, and she was at this point terminal. And look at the Lord. He's so beautiful. So what I'd like to do next is go into some of the slides, and then we're going to go ahead and pray. And... uh, So I wanted to share a few different cases with you just because these were things that I found very touching in the Lord. And this is a man that I prayed for who is in the North Bay who has severe diabetes, very severe. This man should have been in the hospital the day you're seeing this picture. His blood sugar was horrible. It was completely out of control and super high blood pressure and a lot of pain all over his body, you know, kind of fibromyalgia, trauma and injury. So he was a pretty miserable person. And again, he came up in a small group, and I was praying for everyone in the little group. And the first thing that happened is he turns to the man next to him, and he almost yells out. He said, my pain is gone, my pain is gone. And he was, he, he was just in disbelief. So at the end of the prayer session, he had all of his gadgetry and his gear, and he checked himself. And his blood sugar level, which was like horrible, was now normal. And so that was the second thing God did was he took him down to a normal blood sugar level, and he did the same thing with high blood pressure. Horrible high blood pressure. He probably should have been in the hospital for that. And it's normal. And what was really fun about the ministry event was he spent the whole time bragging, (laughs) finding people he could literally visit, and just, he was so excited. And every time I'd see him, he was telling another person about what God did for him. (laughs) So I was really happy. It was really a fun thing to see. And really nice, nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. Really nice. Let's go to the next one. Oh, this is a, a precious picture. Now, I mentioned Dr. Malou Cipriano, the emergency room doctor, who's a very close friend. She's close friends with all of us. We all love her. And um, she called me one day because she said, my mom's really sick. That's her mother. And her mom is very compromised with cardiovascular issues. She has super high blood pressure. She's got a condition called mitral valve stenosis. Have any of you heard of that? It really affects the blood flow through the heart because the valves all, you know, narrowed and shut down. 
Um, the ejection fracture of her heart wasn't working. She was in congestive heart failure. She has coronary artery disease. It's like she has a heart that's just not working. And um, her mom's in her middle 70s now and um, in terrible shape because of the cardio issue. And it was depressing her. So um, Dr. Malou called me and said, can we pray for my mom? So um, with all her issues, so we prayed for her mom and, you know, very intensely with lots of love, prayed for her. And Malou, because she's a doctor, took her mom right back to the cardiologist. And it was like the cancer patient. Nothing was there. God even healed the mitral valve stenosis. Now, that's amazing. That is truly amazing. She had, she had echocardiograms. She had all kinds of testing. The doctor couldn't find anything. And a similar case where I didn't bring the picture, but I love the case, is um, one of the churches we go to very frequently is a church in the North Bay. And, um, and what happens uh, at that church is that um, the, there's two senior pastors. There's a husband and a wife. And the husband asked me if I would pray for his wife because she was similar to Dr. Malou's mom. She was in congestive heart failure. Um, she has um, coronary artery disease. She has seven stents in her heart. That's a lot of stents. You don't usually see that many. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll hear of more, but that's a lot. And she was in very poor shape and low energy, chronic fatigue. I think it was affecting her mood, as these things do. And so I prayed for her at the end. And then when I went back to do our next healing event there, I wasn't even thinking about it. You know, I had... I was doing all kinds of other stuff. The senior pastor, the husband, gets on the stage and says, I have a testimony that I want to share. I had no idea what the testimony was. Anyway, similar thing. Um, I prayed over his wife, and he took her back to her cardiologist, and he said every month the cardiologist has been running tests on his wife to show her how hopeless she is. He shows her every month, you're just as bad this month as you were last month. (laughs) Your heart is terrible. And the the cardiologist tested her, and he went into shock. He said, this is the best test I've ever seen, and I have terrible patients. And the funny thing was the pastor, the husband pastor, was in, he, he wasn't making fun of the cardiologist, but he was imitating how he was reacting to seeing a supernatural healing miracle. Sounds like he's not a believer. And he, he kept talking about how happy he was, like he kept repeating it over and over and over again, multiple times, in shock. Like, he didn't understand this. And I have a picture of her And she's got a huge smile on her face on the beach. So it's a really nice picture. Um, So these are two two heart cases. Um, Oh, this is a very nice woman who came to one of the events I did at Jubilee Church. This is a woman. The woman you're looking at is in liver failure. Um, She's got um, hepatitis C, and her liver is just, you know, in terrible shape. It's scarring. It's, It's in really bad shape. She has very poor digestive function from top to bottom and sleep apnea. So she was having a lot of problems. So I prayed over her. She came up. I prayed over her at Jubilee. And what you're seeing is a big happy smile telling me that she had gone back to her doctor and her liver was completely normal. So I love sharing all these normal lab test things. And um, so she was, she was super happy. Um, let's see. What do we have next? Um, Gosh, I have all these things from different churches. This is a church called Gateway City Church. 
This is a church in South San Jose. They're a lovely church, nicest people, pastors. And I had done a training for them um, some months ago where they wanted, again, they wanted all their pastors and prayer intercessors to understand how the human body works. So I trained them, and then they were opening up the Gateway Healing Center um, near toward earlier in this year, and they asked me to be the keynote speaker there after they did you know, what they were going to do presenting their new center. So, so I did the keynote speech, and then I started to pray over everybody there, and then the prayer teams that I had trained started to pray. It was a really cool afternoon. So at the end, um, the cu- this couple that you're seeing came up to me, and as you can see, they look pretty smiley and happy, and they shared their testimony with me, which made me very happy. Um, what the man said was that for 30, 35 years, he had a traumatic injury of his back at that time, and it's never really healed, and he said he's never had one single day in his whole life where he's been out of pain. He said it doesn't matter what he's done. He's never been out of pain. He doesn't know what it feels like to not have pain. He just has no clue. Um, So he said when I was praying over the church family, he all of a sudden um, heard some, you know, kind of pops and cracks and his back straightened up, and all of a sudden the pain completely disappeared. Gone, completely gone. Now, what's interesting was his wife was sitting right in back of me. I think she was with some girlfriends, and I'm, I'm not even sure where he was. So that's his wife. And what's beautiful is that God could have just healed the husband and left the wife miserable. But we don't serve a God like that. He's a good God. He's nice. He loves people. And so what, what happened with the woman is she has a severe scoliosis, and she's got severe trauma and injury to her back. And while God was healing her husband, she at the same time had a healing from God, and he straightened out her scoliosis and took care of all the trauma and injury. She heard pops and cracks. All of a sudden, her pain went away. So they came up to me to show me that God had healed them both at the same time. And I thought that was really cool. <laughs> Now, what you're looking at here is, is just a precious picture. Um, this is a little girl, this a little, obviously a little girl baby who is just in that picture, just a couple months old. And what you're looking at is a baby with Down syndrome. So you're looking at a baby that medically we can't really do much for except work symptomatically. But um, So she, that's what happened. And what she's, she's being cuddled by is her older brother. So her grandmother found out about our ministry. I think the grandmother is, is local. But she, she contacted me and told me about the little baby who was a failure-to-thrive baby. This was a baby in the hospital. Now, they're not in our area. They're in South Carolina. So you're looking at the picture of a family who's in South Carolina. They're not here. And um, the baby was in the hospital, and she was in organ failure. Her, she was in liver failure, thyroid failure. There was just an awful lot of stuff going on. And the, they weren't, the baby wasn't thriving. She was underweight. She wasn't gaining weight. Her organs aren't working, a lot of them, properly. So the mom contacted her daughter, who is the mother of this little girl. So um, she asked me, they all asked me if I would pray for the little baby. So I had a phone we had a phone session. I had a long phone conversation. Mom, very nice, lovely person. I really enjoyed uh, my time with her. 
prayed for the little baby, and the next thing I knew is this picture. This is not the picture that I had of the baby. This was after the prayer, and what the mom told me was that everything was clearing up. The baby was gaining weight, and her internal organs were starting to function. So you're looking at a baby that's being healed of a completely incurable condition. I mean, we don't cure Down syndrome. And I have, I've prayed for it um, a number of times, and I will share one testimony with you that's local that to me is very precious. Um, one of the families that's very close to our ministry, they have a bunch of boys, and their youngest son has Down syndrome. And he's, he was terribly compromised. He's in his 20s, and it's been a miserable time for him because... Um, his oxygen levels aren't normal. The doctors all want him on, you know, a oxygenating, you know, a sleep BiPAP kind of thing, CPAP. Um, so they want him on, you know, assist, assistance with that. Um, he's got severe inflammation of a lot of his internal organs. You can see inflammatory skin disease with him. And one of the worst things was that his white count was so low um, that... The mother said from the time he was a baby to now, she said it was a nightmare. She said every time she'd go to the doctor or a church or, not, or hospital, they would draw his blood, and the doctors would all say the same thing. They would say, if this boy of yours ever gets really seriously ill with infection, he will die. And every single doctor told her the same thing. She was literally in tears when she was sharing the, the testimony. Well, the beautiful thing about God is not only did he heal the inflammatory issues, the doctors and the company that makes the breathing machine said, don't even bother. They said, he's going to be on this the rest of his life. Well, guess what? He doesn't need any oxygen at all. He's been totally healed. And the most precious thing of all is that his blood count jumped into normal. So she never has to hear your son's going to die again. It's over, totally over. So let's go to the next picture. Okay, this is my last patient. And it's not the guy, it's the horse. <laughs> and it's, it's a, it's, I love praying for, for animals. Did any of you see the, the picture I had of the little dog? Anybody? Who didn't see the dog? A lot of people. Okay, I'll just quickly mention that, and then I'll mention this. The dog picture is the cutest thing you'll ever want to see. It's a little terrier kind of a Jack Russell-y kind of terrier, or they, they call it something else, but it's, a, it's like a cousin of a Jack Russell. Little dog about this big, and the dog is 100 years old, in dog years. So it's, we're not talking about a baby dog, we're talking about a rather elderly dog. And a year ago, the dog was diagnosed with chronic pancreatitis. So the dog was constantly throwing up and having the runs, and it wasn't a very happy dog when it would get sick. And, and the big problem happened uh, at the very end of the year into the new year. The family was having a lot of celebrations. They're a great family. Um, but unfortunately, the dog decided that it wanted to be part of the celebration. So it was eating everything that they were serving the people. So this dog was gobbling down like C's candies and truffles and chocolate chip cookies and chocolate layer cake and pizza. Well, you can imagine what happened to this dog. It was so sick it was having, you know, abdominal spasms and throwing up all the time in the runs. It was a mess. So the family asked me to lay hands and pray for this poor little critter, little tiny pancreas, little tiny liver, 
little stomach. So I laid hands, I prayed for the dog, and God, in his perfect way, heals this dog. And, and not only does he heal him, but the dog is like a one-year-old dog. He's like jumping around. I'm always telling the family, you now have a 200-year-old dog. And the dog's going to get to 200. And um, they lock up the candies. They lock up the cookies. <laughs> no more treats for the dog. Um, but that was a really fun, fun one. I had shown it here, I remember, with you guys. So I, there was no point in bringing it again. But this is, a, this is kind of a heart, kind of a, it touched my heart. Because I do get asked to pray for a lot of horses. What you're looking at is a three-year-old horse who is a German horse, he does not speak English. So if you try to speak to the horse, he's not going to have a clue. You can say you're the nicest horse in the world, and he's not going to know what you're telling him. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) He's not going to know. So this horse spent his first three years in, it sounded like a beautiful place in Germany with other horse friends and nice family. And then they sold the horse to a family here in my area in the Mid-Peninsula. They sold the horse to a family in Woodside where they have a lot of horses. I don't know if any of you have been to that area, but they have ranches. Um, It's right near Menlo Park and Palo Alto and those communities, but it's very country. And so the horse was loaded on a truck, taken to a German airport like Frankfurt or one of the big airports, loaded on a plane. And what the horse people told me and I didn't know this because I don't have horses or anything, but they said they put the horse in a little, like a pen, and the horse cannot lie down, cannot sit down. So for hours, what is it, 13 hours from Germany to here, whatever it is, that poor horse never got to lie down. It's standing the whole time. And they take the horse not here but to Los Angeles, and the horse is put in quarantine. Again, no English background, no nothing, and no friends, so this poor horse is in quarantine. Finally, when it got out of quarantine, they load it on a truck and take it up to the Bay Area. And, and then they're going to start doing the stuff they do with the horses. Well, as you can imagine, this horse was really upset. And he didn't like anybody, <laughs> and, so, and didn't speak English. So what happened was the horse didn't understand, And people would try, horse trainers would try to ride the horse. And what would the horse do? He would buck them like, you know, 20 feet in the air, like, get off me, I hate you. And um, that's what they would do. They couldn't ride the horse. They couldn't play with the horse. They couldn't talk to the horse. And they tried everything, you know, drugs and light therapies and you you name it. Finally, they call me because the one thing they hadn't done was pray to God (laughs) for the horse. So I get brought in. And I actually um, prayed for the horse. And, um, and we know that God is a miracle-creating God. So I think that God did something to the horse's understanding of language because God, can, God does that. So all of a sudden, I think the horse started to be able to understand and calm down right away. We had a really angry, upset horse, traumatized, PTSD, but all of a sudden, God healed, and so the horse calmed down, and there's been a big shift. The horse is very loving now, and he, I love to share it. He puts his head, like, right here and nuzzles people, and if you get on him, you don't go 20 feet in the air <laughs> anymore. You might go a foot, but, you know, only not 20 feet. <laughs> and, and, 
It's just been a beautiful healing, and I thought it would be a really nice thing to end the, this time with, is just how kind God is, how much he loves us, and how good he is. And what we're going to do next is we're going to move into prayer. And the whole rest of the night is going to be prayer. It's all we want to do is pray, pray, pray. And this is my dear friend, Dr. Denise Rodriguez. And oh my goodness, there's lots on this page. Wow, lots and lots. So I can see, though, there's a lot of things that are um, in, in some big categories. Um, some of the biggest categories are cancer and autoimmune diseases, of which there's over 80 of these things. Do you, do you guys all know which ones are autoimmune? Anybody know? If you don't, let me share in 30 seconds, because this is really important. The, this is one of the most common category of diseases that exists, next to cancer and heart disease. And autoimmune diseases, the primary thing is inflammation and pain. And it's all these common illnesses. It's multiple sclerosis, lupus. These are autoimmune diseases. Asthma is autoimmune. Thank you. Food allergies and allergies, they're autoimmune. Um, ulcerative colitis, irritable bowel, Crohn's disease, celiac disease, they're digestive, they're autoimmune. Um, ankylosing spondylitis, which destroys your spine, that's autoimmune. I mean, there's tons of these. Eczema, skin condition, that's autoimmune. Psoriasis is autoimmune. Vitiligo is autoimmune. Pemphigus. We're talking about a lot of different illnesses that are autoimmune. And we cannot heal these in the medical field. We can manage them. We can do things to help reduce symptoms. But we will never tell you, like with cancer, that you're cured because we, can't, we don't know how to do that. God can do it, though. So, um, so what I'm seeing on here, I'm seeing autoimmunity, cancer, um, heart and lung, internal organ, a lot of trauma and injury or things that are orthopedic, musculoskeletal, um, all kinds of shoulder, neck, back, knees, joints, ah, I mean, just on and on. I think that's the most common thing we see in the churches are structural issues. Like some of you might have cancer, some of you might have high blood pressure, some diabetes, but it seems like everybody's got sore muscles, ligaments, tendons, joints, connective tissue, cartilage and bones, nerves. So it's really important to pray over that. I'm seeing emotional things here, and then things that are related to internal organ issues, whatever. We're seeing eyes, ears, you know, heart, thyroid, kidney. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start, and I'm going to pray, um, probably moving through pretty quickly on the brain, because those of you that have been with me and those of you that are new, everything's regulated by God through the brain and the nervous system. If we don't pray over the brain and the nervous system, we're not medically praying for you the way that God created you to be. He doesn't create us as individual, isolated organs where you're just a heart with no connection to any other part of the body. Everything is linked to everything, and it starts with the brain. And our brains are so traumatized that it's crucial that we pray over this as a starting place, because a lot of people start to heal just by having their brain and nervous system prayed for and their endocrine system, because you're regulating everything through here. One of the examples I love to give recently is the heart. The heart's complicated organ. 
It has four chambers, again, electrical system of the heart, coronary arteries, valves of the heart, blood's flowing through the heart. It's complicated. But if we just pray into the heart from the medical side, we're not really doing what God created. The heart is regulated through the brain, through the neurons, the neurotransmitters, and we have a part in the back of the brain, in the brainstem, called the cardiac control center. That regulates the electrical system of the heart and the chemicals of the heart. So we really have to blend all of these things if we're going to bring the medical in. If we're not going to bring in the medical and we just pray through the Lord and he's going to heal it, then he does that. That's what God wants to do. He will do anything he wants. We have, he is the boss, he's the leader, he's our father, he's the creator. But if we're going to combine the two, then we have to honor his creation of how the body is. And again, we don't have these things in isolation. Like, if you have pain in joints or ligaments or tendons, everybody thinks it's coming from here. It's not. It's coming from up here. We have pain centers in the brain. The insular cortex, the anterior cingulate cortex, and the amygdala. And we have the thalamus, which sorts pain fibers. And we have multitude of chemicals that are anti-pain on the inhibitory side of the brain chemistry. So if we want to get rid of pain, we honor the fact that wherever you have pain, there's other components involved that the Lord created and that we have to honor his creation. So let's go ahead, and I'm going to spend a little bit just balancing the brain, and then I'm going to call up um, all the wonderful churches. We have a few of our people here, and we have Blazing Fire, and we have Star of David, and anybody that wants personal prayer for these things, then we invite you up. But I really want to make sure that we've prayed for this first, because this regulates your mind and your body. People think that they have chemicals for the mind and chemicals for the body. It's not how the Lord created us. The chemicals that regulate the mind regulate the body. They're the same chemicals. That's why it's very unusual to see someone with physical issues where it doesn't affect their mind or mental issues where it doesn't affect their body because we're dealing with, with the same chemicals. So let's, let's go ahead and pray into this now. And I invite you all just to be comfortable and relaxed and, and just to focus on God because I'm just here doing from the medical side what he's trained me to do, but he's the power. He's the one with, he's the love of our lives, and he wants everybody here to not have any of this stuff ever again. He wants all of this out of everybody's life. And I love going back to the churches because we're often seeing either instantaneous miracle healings or we'll see progressive depending on what the Lord wants. So so let's go ahead and get into a peaceful place. I'm going to pray for just a second against anything. I don't care if it's a generational curse or a family pattern or if you want to call it the devil or Satan or evil spirits. I just want to get anything like that out of this room because I don't want anybody to have that bothering them or harassing them. So, dear Lord God, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your presence among us. I thank you for your goodness and your love and your caring. And every one of us is precious to you. 
and he wants everyone to be completely healed and, and just blessed by his tender, loving care. And so I want to pray in Jesus' name that anything that is not of God that has harassed anybody in this room, whatever it is, I just give that over to the Lord so that whatever it would be that's affected your mind or your body in an adverse way, just be gone and be out of here and never bother you again. And I want every one of you to just spend 30 seconds or a minute and focus on how either a generational curse or a bad life experience, um, whatever age, um, an illness, um, the devil, if you want to call it, the you know evil spirit, has affected your mind. Because everyone gets affected to some degree by these things. And everyone is different. It, some people are very sensitive to what's going on in the world. And they get very upset with what's happening from country to country and want to see different, and they're upset very deeply by this. Some people, it's more of a local trigger where they're upset by what's happening in their local community or they're upset by their career or their job or things they're dealing with, um, with their homes, their cars, their families, their friends. And the part of us that is the most sensitive to these things is our brain. It's Unless you've literally injured your hand or your foot, it's not your little finger or your toe. It's your brain and your mind. And, and as I love to say to people, I could pray for your brain five times, 25 times, 100 times, and I will never pray for it too much because everyone needs this because we're, it's a very vulnerable part of us and it regulates everything that God creates. So I want to pray in the name of Jesus into every one of you, focusing on, first of all, how your mind goes off when those stress triggers hit. Some people get depressed. They get hopeless. They get feeling like nothing's ever going to be good. Other people go to the other extreme. They get um, anxious, um, fearful, panicky, worried, or they get um, angry or resentful or judgmental. And... um, so none of that is of the Lord, or they, you know, hopeless, victim. I mean, there's any number of things that are not from the Lord's effect on our mind. So I want you all to go there for a second, and then I want you to go out of there. Because in praying for your brain and your mind tonight, I really want to pray into that so that what we really like to see through our ministry is that when people leave that they're in a different place with their mind. That is crucial. What we like to see is that those things that every one of us has identified within ourselves that we know is not of God's perfect love, that we don't throw that at God anymore, that we, that we leave here and we start to say, God, I know I've been too judgmental or too irritable or angry or victim-y or depressed or sad or anxious or panicky, and I want to have a deeper and deeper relationship with you where my mind is more fixed on your love and your blessings and your goodness. And so the best thing I want to pray for every one of us is that we can all step up on that 
and continue to step up. I love, again, that's what they do so much of here at Blazing Fire because they do so much inner healing and that kind of work. But we want that for everybody, whether you've come in primarily with physical illness. And, and that will deepen the relationship with God, and it will definitely help the healing that is needed. So, Lord, I just want to pray in Jesus' name for anything that's a negative trigger to just be out of this beautiful sanctuary. And I want to begin by praying into everyone's whole brain, which means it's a three-part brain. In the medical field, we call it a tripartite brain. And I want to pray into your cerebral cortex, um, which is your frontal lobe, your parietal lobe, your temporal lobe, and your occipital lobe. And it's a big part of the brain structurally. And, and it regulates a lot of things um, through the frontal lobe that's right here in front and on top. And that reg- helps to regulate our intelligence, our, our cognitive awareness. And it's also the part of our brain that helps us to plan and analyze. Because a lot of stepwise um, progression is needed often to heal illness. It doesn't matter what it is. Stepwise to the brain and then stepwise into the body. So I want to pray for everyone's frontal lobe, that it be blessed, strong, healthy, and that if you're complaining about memory loss or um, muddled thinking or Alzheimer's or dementia or any of that, or I'm just, my mind isn't clear the way it used to be, that it is totally healed in Jesus' name. And that you get what's in Genesis, the breath of life through the Lord. How did he create living people? He did it through giving the breath of life and creating life. So, so I want to pray in Jesus' name for all of you that that part of you is blessed and beautiful and healthy and strong. And I want to pray into your parietal lobe, which regulates motor perception, your temporal lobe, which regulates sensory perception, your occipital lobe vision. And even if you're having communication issues, that's regulated through the speech center in that side part of the brain. And um, the Broca center, the Wernicke center of the brain, I pray for you, whether you've had a stroke, Alzheimer's, dementia, whether you have little kids with autism or ADHD, or you just have difficulty expressing your thoughts and feelings. I want to pray that in for you in Jesus' name. Um, The visual cortex, same thing. I want to pray that whatever visual problem you might have, that the whole system from the from that that outer part of the brain going through the brain itself into the um, second cranial nerve and the, the optic nerve into the eyeball the extracranial muscles that everything be beautifully healed in Jesus name um, a lot of us have special giftings again a lot of those arise from that cerebral cortex as in part as our relationship with the Lord so I want to pray that for every one of you in Jesus name I want to pray into the midbrain and the hindbrain, which regulates a bunch of things. It regulates um, movement, walking, exercise. If you want to go climb mountains again, I'd love to see you do that. That's fun. Or biking in the gym. And we just need to strengthen those parts of the brain that regulate movement and balance and, you know, um, those kind of um, functions. And also the brain regulates involuntary function. I gave the example of the heart. We have a respiratory center in the brain that regulates lungs. Um, we regulate 
our blood pressure, we regulate our blood sugar level, we regulate reproduction, we regulate um, everything through the brain. So I want to pray that in whatever your issue is. And I also want to go into what's called the, the limbic system of the brain. It's a deep central part of the brain. It controls a lot of things. It controls also thoughts and mind and feelings. So I want to pray for everyone that those tracks in the limbic system are healthy and positive and beautifully made through the Lord for every one of us so that we are like God. We are loving and we are kind and we are caring and that we are living a godly life and we are pleasing God through doing that. That pleases him greatly. And I want to pray into a part of the brain called the hippocampus, which is the memory center of the brain. And that's crucial because that's where we get into family generational curses. And even if you have lovely, wonderful things with your family, you know, musical gifts, you're a great chef and everybody else in your family is, you love to write, you're great at math, you're, you know, you're, you're basically a great scientist and it's a passed down through the family, those are awesome. In no way do we want to touch anything that you prize and love in your own family. But where we do want to come in are those generational curses, whether they be illness, mood, addiction, um, allergies, um, even lifestyle-based things, you know, how you run your life, difficulties with jobs, financial problems, whatever. We don't want things that are causing you pain and that give you false a false identity in Christ. So I want to pray for everyone here to just pour out anything toxic from your hippocampus. Again, the hippocampus is like all the garbage cans that we have in the driveway. They just fill and fill with all kinds of negativity. And we begin to do that when we're three to four weeks of age. Post-conception, I'm not talking about post-birth, but as our brain begins to form, more and more memory capacity, both creation and storage, starts to happen even pre-birth. So if you come from a family where the parents have been fighting or they didn't want kids or they're not getting along or somebody died or they lost a home or whatever, you're like a little sponge pre-birth taking in everything that's coming off the family and storing it. Post-birth, it's other issues. They're personal issues. Some of them may be related to family. Um, some of them may just be your own experience. Um, one of the things that I like to share is I'll pray for people who are adults. They're 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever. And they were diagnosed as kids with ADHD. And what people will tell me is when I was a little kid, my teacher told me I was stupid. And it's not that the teacher was mean or bad. It's just how it was. And they said, and I know I'm stupid. And it's 30 years later, and I'm just as stupid now as I was when I was a little kid. That's what people will tell me. Because it's in their hippocampus, and it's, their, it's, it's how they relate to themselves through the memory circuits. Again, another great example that I love to share is the one with addictions. You know, people going to the 12-step programs and and really getting a lot of benefit from the programs, but also part of the program is reinforcing that you are sick. You know, like I'm an alcoholic. Every day you go and you're not drinking alcohol anymore. You're eating Oreo cookies or, you know, 
Dr. Pepper, which probably probably should be drinking some other things <laughs> instead of that, but you're not drinking alcohol. And, um, and every day you go, and I'm an alcoholic, I'm an alcoholic. You know, I have weight problems, I, I have, you know, I eat bad foods. But what you do is you just keep reinforcing a negative, and you could go another 50 years saying, I'm an alcoholic. So you're never going to not think you're an alcoholic, even if you haven't touched alcohol in decades, because it's it's hardwired into your hippocampus and other parts of the brain. So we want to clear all that out in the name of Jesus in every one of you. Dump out every garbage can, every dumpster, every attic in that hippocampus that needs clearing, and only God can do that. And that you move from here with the Lord as your primary guide of who you are, your true identity in Christ. And I want to pray now also into your neurons. Your neurons are your cells of your brain and nervous system. We have almost 100 billion of these. I mean, it's such a big deal that God created that many. He didn't create 10,000 or 50,000 or a million. He created almost 100 billion. It's a lot of brain and and, um, nervous system cells. And what I'm praying for for all of us tonight is where we have taken on and not gotten rid of damaged, poorly programmed neurons because the neurons have a cell body, an axon, and a dendrite, and we move impulses and signals from one neuron to the next. And if you have these damaged physiological um, conditions in your body or bad thinking about yourself or others, it just gets reinforced at the neuronal level, not just at the memory level. So I want to pray for every one of us here tonight that whatever neurons you have, keeping all these issues going that you you shared with us in our ministry, I want to pray for that. And, And God has created a couple of different processes to get rid of damaged neurons. You don't have to live with these. One is called apoptosis. And apoptosis is regulated cell death, and it's one of the things that we do naturally to get rid of cancer. And when people have um, apoptosis not functioning, um, it's a problem with cancer along with some other um, genetic um, instructions that should be working so that you don't develop and, and continue to have multiplication, unregulated cell growth of cancer. So oncogenes down and apoptosis up if we're dealing with with cancer, tumor repair genes up, tumor suppressor genes. So we want you to go in the right direction. And God creates apoptosis, and he can clear out all of these toxic thoughts and chemicals from your brain. So I want to pray for everybody here in Jesus' name that God takes out every single toxic neuron that you have in your brain. I don't care if you have 100 or you have 20 billion. God can clear out whatever you have. And I, Lord, I pray to you that everyone have the cleanest, healthiest, most purified and cleansed neurons imaginable. Like a new fresh garden full of fresh green leaves and new stems and new flowers. Healthy, bright, shiny, beautiful neurons. I want to pray into your neurotransmitters which are also chemicals that are with the neurons. There's a receptor site that the neurotransmitters bind to. For those of you that are new, and I know it's a pretty good chunk of people, I just want to explain that these are chemicals created by God that either 
do one of two things as a group. We either have um, these kinds of neurotransmitters that literally act like a chemical break within your brain and body. They're inhibitory. We call them inhibitory neurotransmitters, and they slow you down. So all the things that slow you down are inhibitory, and everything that speeds you up are called excitatory. And when we're in balance with those, it works great because sometimes we want to be inhibitory, like have a good night's sleep, or be peaceful, or pray to God, or read the Bible, or whatever. And sometimes we want to be super active, excitatory. We want to climb mountains. We want to work extra hard at the computer. So we go between the two when we're really healthy. And on the inhibitory side, because it's our receptive side, is God's love. And on the excitatory side is God's power. We don't want to be without his love or without his power. We want both. So I want to pray in Jesus' name that you be completely healed and balanced on both sides. And I'll just tell you what they are just as a summary. When you have too much inhibition emotionally, that's where we see depression. Grief, sadness, hopelessness, victimhood. um, God loves everybody, but he doesn't love me. Um, Just that negative shutdown of our feeling. We isolate ourselves. And when we have not enough of the inhibitory chemicals, that's where we see pain because we are missing those chemicals that are inhibitory that are relaxing anti-pain chemicals with no side effects like prednisone or steroids or ibuprofen or any of the other medications have. They're our own chemicals from God. Same thing on the excitatory side, and some people flip between the two. If you are super much into excitation and it's toxic, then you have other problems. You have anxiety, fear, worry, excessive amounts of panic. You may be angry. You may be judgmental or irritable. Those are things we see when you're out of balance on the excitatory side. Now, physiologically on the inhibitory side, when you're shut down in inhibition, that's where we see cancer. Because with cancer, your immune system should be wiping out everything. It should be wiping out the precancerous cells when it's really functioning well. And you shouldn't be having cancer that goes metastatic and you know takes over your whole body with um, unregulated cell growth. Um, that's a power function from the other side that God has created. And we should have all of us immunity that just shuts that stuff down and never gives it a chance to develop. Um, I always like to pray this into people because even if you don't have diagnosed cancer, if you have the genetic mutations, the family history, and the, um, and the cellular metabolism that predisposes you to this, you may have no diagnosis of cancer at all, but you may be in process of creating it. That's why I like to pray for it, because it's one of the two most common illnesses that we see in the medical field. Um, so it's important. Just shut it down at any, you know, if it's early or if it's later on, just get rid of it. Um, anything, chronic fatigue, you sleep 12 hours a day, you're still exhausted. Um, metabolic um, conditions where things are slow, like hypothyroidism, hypoadrenia. Um, a heart that's beating too slowly, you're not in atrial fib, you're more in, in a bradycardia, 
Um, those are also things we see from inhibition. From the excitation side, what we see there is more autoimmune disease because unlike these slowed down things, you're really in hyperactivity with your immune system with those diseases that I mentioned earlier. And we cannot cure them in the medical field. I've never seen any cures. I've never ever... And none of my doctor friends know of any cures. We work with the symptoms of these things. But just like we will never guarantee you you'll never have cancer again, we also don't tell you you are absolutely 100% going to heal from lupus or MS or ankylosing spondylitis or whatever it is. Only God can do that. God can totally heal you from these things. So um, traumatic injury where there's inflammation, pain, Those are on the excitatory side. And what is God on the excitatory side? Love and power, and and he gives us joy and happiness. And on the inhibitory side, what do we have from God? We have his love. His love just pours into us when we have healthy inhibition. So there's his power and his love and all these beautiful emotional characteristics. So I want to pray this for every one of you. And what I want to do next is just call up the prayer team. And um, um, anyone who's here to, to pray for others. And we welcome all of you up. We have a really nice prayer team.